So, you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in a warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on this Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. You're still going to miss out on some things that we think are pretty important. You're going to miss out on the support and encouragement of intergenerational community, music that inspires us, children that charm us, and cookies that keep us nice and comfortable along with our coffee after the service is over. But we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a new age. We're your average pastors, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home or working or coaching your kids, what season is it? Baseball team? Little league? Peewee? Picking dandelions in the outfield kind of team? (laughs) Or maybe you're just sleeping in. You can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, snuggle up in your favorite onesie with a cup of coffee, or keep doing those chores or jogging around the block, and receive this with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we don't really care if you agree with everything we have to say or not. We do care about what you think and we hope that you are thinking, and that is the point. And we want everybody to be using the mind God gave them to figure out what they think. And we hope that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So Chris. So Susan. We're still in Easter. I just, hey. I like for some reason this year, it's been really important for me to notice that. That we're still in Easter. That we're still in Easter. Like that we're not yet done. Yeah, I think it's good because you and I, we tend to say like during Advent and during, like during all the, the hard stuff, like mm-hmm. during all the all the bad times in scripture, we're yeah. like, it's not over yet. It's like, not it's over still, yet. It's we're a still pro- in the midst of It's a process. It's a process. It's a process. Right. So when we get to the good stuff, it's, it's also good to know like, it's not over yeah. yet. It's, it's a process. Yet. It's we're a in process. the middle of it. It's a process. Yeah. So this Sunday in the, le- in the lectionary readings is um, traditionally become known as Good Shepherd Sunday. Blech. Blech. It's when the 23rd Psalm shows up in the lectionary. Yes. And we have these images. Um, there's basically the 10th chapter of John is, is chopped up so that the first one is in year, first third is in year A, and the second third is in year B, and the third section is in year, year C. C. <clears throat> so this and is so, the year A. First and this section. is year A, so we're at the beginning. So this whole Good Shepherd image. Is one of those ones that I, I think most of us as pastors are like, oh, not this again. Yeah. It, you have to do a lot of... It's John, so it's written in this really stupid way. <laughs> like, it's very like, I am this and you are that, and I am this and you are that. And you right. have to try and figure out what all the metaphorical pieces right. are. Right. And right. there's some really cool stuff if you dig into it. Um, well, but it just requires a lot of digging and then a lot of explaining, which right. means the sermon gets a little bit longer. Right. Well, and I did do a lot of explaining this week yeah. versus, um, you know, storytelling this yeah. week. But um, I joked with my congregation. I said, you know, you've heard, you know, any pastor who's been in the pulpit maybe more than two, two, maybe three years is like, now what do I say about this? Right? You read a different part of the lectionary. You read you a different what I did, and yeah. you read one of the letters. Yes. Right. <laughs> and, you know, like there, there's the sermon about, you know, ancient first century 
farming techniques, uh, shepherding techniques. Oh, shepherding and what right. sheep are like. And why, what sheep are like, right? Why Jesus calls us stupid all the time. Right. And, and our congregations really need to hear they're stupid, you know, several times Just a year. Just occasionally. Right, no. And, and then I also made a joke about how the, this, is, this is one of those passages where we, Jesus starts talking about being the good shepherd. The first part of John, it's just sort of a, it's not actually in there. But just starting to read this, this these things about gates and, and, and shepherds that steal and all this kind of stuff. Bad shepherds. Right, bad shepherds. But it instantly puts an image in your head, right, of like Jesus in his resplendent white robe holding a sheep. And we yeah. know that that's Blonde not real. Jesus. Blonde Jesus, right? And we know that that's not With real, right? Staff. That's a total pastoral scene. Like that's like in the in the in the literary sense of like the little the little shepherd boy playing his flute under a tree while the little fluffy white sheep are bouncing around. around. Right? Reminds me of that old Disney cartoon about Ferdinand the bull. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like he just sniffs flowers in the outfield, which right. is what all of you peewee coaches are doing with yes, your kids. Yes, exactly. All the t-ball coaches are doing that right now. But that, that that's not the real image, right? And that Jesus doesn't actually live in these images that we have of like, you know, the non-dirty, yeah, Jesus super being clean. clean and and removed and exactly right, um, right, sweet like saccharine. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. so the image i really liked in this passage in john 10 and i invite people to go and read it we don't have to read it what is john 10 what one through ten the the image that stuck out to me this week when i was talking with my bible study and when i was reading the you know the commentaries was the gate this idea of the gate and i want to get back to it but i want to like do that explanation that we have to do with john yeah, explain us some gates. Well, it's not the gate piece. I want to start by talking about how this section is not referring to, I think, what we were taught in Sunday school, right? Like, this, this is oh, the, the gate into heaven, the pearly the, gates. The, like, the, this is the gate to heaven, that Jesus is the gate to heaven, right? Mm-hmm. That, that that's the only thing we can see in this passage. Yeah. It might be part of it, but it's not all of it. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at this passage, Jesus is responding to something. Mm-hmm. And the way John has written Jesus's story is he does this thing where there is a a sign. A sign is like a healing, a or, healing or some feeding, kind of an action. Action, a, a visible action. That Jesus he, does something that ruffles some feathers. Well, and it's something that, that people have to figure out. What does that mean? What does that mean? And what does that Right, like turning that water to into what, wine, wine or something like that. And then yeah. there's discussion. Then there's a discussion. Like, like the people around who have seen the sign go... Wait, how does that work? What are we doing? What does that mean? How mm-hmm. does that fit? How does that fit into our box of the understanding of God, right. basically? And then there's a discourse where Jesus sort of... Lectures. Lectures. But but he also, like, muddies the water, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. This is often where parables come in, mm-hmm. where um, metaphors that aren't quite fully explained come in, which I think is really where we are in this discourse. Which so, gives us ever so much to pull apart and analyze. Right? Yeah. So in this story, chapter 10 starts the discourse. Which means we've missed the sign and the discussion. Which we've missed the sign and the discussion, right? Okay. So let's back up to the beginning of chapter 9. Okay. And what happens in the beginning of chapter 9 is that the disciples are walking along with Jesus and they see a blind man on the side of the road and they go, here's a man who's been blind since birth. Who sinned? His parents or him? Which is a stupid question. 
Which is just, well, we, we were just like, ah, right. But it's like, it's for the context, right? right it right. makes sense. Right. Like, we understand, you that know. They associate illness with, with sin. Sin. And so if somebody's sick or if something's wrong with somebody, then there's, somebody's there's fault. Sin, right. You there's can blame fault. someone. Right. And Jesus, I mean, Jesus also kind of gives a cop-out answer here. He says, mm-hmm. well, neither. Because he's been made blind, so this can happen. And he, this is where he, he does he the whole spit them. with the dirt. Puts it on the guy's eyes and tells him to go wash. And then evidently just continues down the road. <laughs> he like doesn't stick around to see if it works. There's this dialogue that's happening mm-hmm. that we see in the scripture where now this man who has been, who's now able to see has to go to the, ends up in front of the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And the Pharisees are like, oh my God, how'd this happen? Is this the same man? Is this, right? It's his identical twin. No, yeah, right. They interview the parents and the parents are too scared to say that it was healed by Jesus. But the blind man who was, who's now can see says, what are you going to do to me? What are you going to do to me? Jesus healed me. Yeah. And he gets tossed out of the of the synagogue because, well, you know, he's... Because the religious leaders are jerks, jerks in, the, in John. I mean, okay. they're jerks in every book, but yeah, really, especially, especially jerky in John. John. Um, and then the Pharisees go, and this happened on a Sabbath. <laughs> like, how so, dare Jesus lift How a dare finger. Jesus free somebody on a Sunday? Or not, well, not a Sunday, but, a, a, but yeah, the Sabbath. But the, but the Sabbath, right? The holy day. The day of rest and restoration. Rest and restoration. So... I think that when we turn to chapter 10 with this information in the back of our head, we see something slightly different Mm -hmm. because what we begin to see is Jesus saying, you're missing the mark. Mm -hmm. You're not seeing how all of this comes together. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try and give you another metaphor, hopefully that you might understand the fullness of this. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the image that Jesus gives is the gate. Mm-hmm. I am the gate. And it's an I am statement, which John uses to highlight. All um, over the place. Yes, but it's. it's I am the way and the life and the truth. truth. Which is next week. Yeah. And, but, but it's used to highlight Jesus saying, this is how God works. And for the people who were originally reading this or hearing this verbally, what they heard was the I am statements from the Old Testament. I yeah. am, I am, I am. Which is God speaking. Which is God speaking. Not Jesus speaking. Not Jesus speaking, right. And Jesus is saying, I am, and, and says, I am the gate, right? And he says, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep is not with them. I'm the gate. Whoever enters me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Gates are usually things to keep us in, right? Like, so we have the, or, 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 or keep something bad out. Or, or keep something bad out. And Jesus takes the image of the gate and says, I'm going to let you in, but I'm also going to be a part of letting you out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, where, where you come in and you go out, you know, when you come in for safety, where you go out to serve, all of that is within me. Mm-hmm. right that i'm bigger than that and our sunday school answer has been like this is the gate to heaven and once you go through it you are good you're good forever or, right and that's not actually what jesus says jesus here is like this is just the resting place so that you can go out again right and that and that i'm gonna call you out of here mm-hmm. frequently and often and that that's a good thing yeah and and that you might end up in the wilderness you might end up in in hard places but the the gate is still here mm-hmm. on the front cover of our bulletin this week was a picture of a stone pasture mm-hmm. or not pasture pen for sheep like, so it was little. for like sheep for like sheep right and it's round and it has just one entrance point right mm-hmm. i showed it to my parishioners 
in the middle of the sermon and I said, you know, look at this gate and look at, look at what it lets you into, right? Mm-hmm. We can't live there. Right. Right. We cannot live in that protected place. You know, there's not going to be enough food for the sheep for mm-hmm. a long time. You know, this is a snack place. Yeah. This is a place of protection, of rest, mm-hmm. but you have to leave here in order to survive. Right. And also to grow and to, to mature. And, and I, and I said, you know, that's what it's like for us too. We have to go in and we have to come out of that gate mm-hmm. and we have to do that all through Jesus um, mm-hmm. or we do that all through Jesus. The, the image that I used last week was the whole trip versus journey. Mm-hmm. And I said, that, that's how you journey. Right. You journey into safety and then out into the the unknown again mm-hmm. in order that you might end up where you are to be or be in the midst of what God is doing. Absolutely. And so um, so that's that was our conversation about the gate. And people were like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, because, it's... because it's one of those verses where we have just accepted and internalized a Sunday school answer, a Sunday school answer. And I don't know about you, but most of my Sunday school answers are good starting places. They're not the end of the journey. Yeah. I mean, they're they're so simple. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say they're deceptively simple because kids think of heaven as like what happens after you die. Mm-hmm. And so if we think about the kingdom of heaven that Jesus was constantly talking no, about, which, which was, was not about what happens go, when you when die. die. It was about building a world of justice and peace and joy mm-hmm. and love on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about that kind of kingdom, then yeah, you need to go in through the gate so that you can be in a safe place so that you can go out wow. into the world and build that kingdom. Yeah. But that's not where you right. stay. And, and maybe the best way to talk about those places where you go in the gate are places of assurance mm-hmm. and reassurance. Yeah, like, places where you, it's it's almost like your your rest and restoration, mm-hmm, right? It's mm-hmm. the, that's your place where you go to sort of build up your strength, mm-hmm. um, regain your center. Right. So that you can go out. And that might not be church, but church is hopefully one of those places for right. you. Right. And that there are many of those places, hopefully, in your life. Yeah. Um, if, you have a, if you have a great family, you know, visiting yeah. family might be one of those places. Or, or the I, I talk about vacation. There's three kinds of vacation. The kind where you sit on the beach or by the pool. Yeah. The kind where you see everything. Uh-huh. And the kind where you go to visit people who love you. Yes. And those are, those are all valuable for different things. Yes. The places where Jesus you know, leads us into have all of those at some level yeah. part of it. Yeah, the place where you rest, the place where you explore, and the place where you're surrounded by people you love. Sounds right. like church. And who love you. Yeah. Sounds like church to me. Sounds like church to me. I hope it sounds like church to some of you too. Yeah. And that church is not just the place where you go listen to rock and music and be bored out of your skull. Mm-hmm. Or unchallenged. That you're actually, yeah, like learning and growing there. Yeah. So. Well, cool, Susan. That's a great. That's a great uh, way to to take that. Um, the last time I heard that verse preached was by a beloved, <laughs> beloved scholar in our con- conference who spent forty five minutes lecturing about the sort of <laughs> architecture of the temple, right? And how there is a gate that the priests would bring lambs in through for mm-hmm. slaughter, mm-hmm. and that like not listening to the thief. Is basically saying, like, is God saying, I don't require blood slaughter. I don't require blood uh-huh, sacrifice. Uh-huh. I don't require this. Yeah. I don't require this. And Jesus saying, like, don't listen to that guy. <laughs> um, I don't know what his sermon would have been about. I just know his lecture was <laughs> about. about yes. He never got around to his sermon because yeah. he is so in love with doing the research and, you know, all yes. that stuff. So I don't know where, where he was going with that. I don't know either. My favorite Good Shepherd thing that I've ever done in church is 
when I was at UJCC in mm-hmm. Fresno, in Clovis, I was in charge of the youth group. And so youth group would meet during worship. So I would go in for the first 15 minutes of worship and then go in and teach Sunday school for the youth group. And one day we rewrote Psalm 23, mm-hmm, um, which is the, the, the imagery the of the good shepherd who cares for you no matter what you're going through in your life. And I said, you know, let's actually break this down and figure out what this means for you using an image that you can use. Hold on to, yeah. And the image that all of the kids agreed on was Pokemon. (laughs) And so, like, God is the trainer and the Pokemon are the sheep and God cares for you and restores your life and, you know, does all these things so that you can go back out into the world and battle. I had no understanding of Pokemon Pokemon at the time. time, And I went back and found that image the other day of the picture that I took of the whiteboard after we'd finished rewriting Psalm 23. Mm -hmm. And I cracked up because now, of course, I have the Pokemon Go on my phone. Yeah. And and, and she doesn't just have it on her phone. I play it every day Mm -hmm. for, you know, at least five minutes every day. Sometimes a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Mostly Mm -hmm. to beat Brandon Lazarus. Shout out to Brandon. What's up, Brand? But uh, yeah, so now now it makes a whole lot more sense to me. But that we all have that image of who gives you rest and restoration. Yeah. And also, you know, you still got to walk through that valley. So Mm -hmm. it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, Susan. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In Podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to the topics we've been discussing today, you can shoot us an email. We're at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on sundaymorningsleepin.com. And you can find us on, you know, wherever you listen to your podcast. The scripture for this podcast is John 10, 1 through 10. And the theme music that you're hearing right now is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. So at the end of worship, we do a benediction, a blessing, a sending forth, a giving of homework. Today, my blessing is to to go in the gate and to go back out it. Um, To not let your faith die, to not let your faith be stagnant, and to see where God might lead you, um, even even if it feels a little scary, even if it feels like it might be a valley of the shadow of death, Mm -hmm. um, to know that God goes with you and will meet you where you end up. So go, figure it out. See the adventure. Amen.